Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in New York City. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. You can get a $10 bonus off of every $50 gift card purchased until the end of the month at royalpizza.ca, where the Stoffer recommendations of Mediterranean chicken. Reed likes the meat lovers. We'll hear from Reed at about 648. And Brendan Escott likes the Texan. Visit royalpizza.ca, 14 locations in the Edmonton and surrounding area, one in Red Deer, five in Calgary, one in Regina, and one in Saskatoon. Still making it great. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Bobby and Steve and the staff at Legacy. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hello, John Shannon. How are you doing? I'm great, Bob. So you got what's the scoop? Did you go to Rockefeller Plaza today? Did you do some shopping? Did you go to FAO Schwartz? What's going on? Oh, for three, buddy. I went to practice. Well, practice isn't for nine hours. Although well, it, time, sometime last night they probably should have practiced for nine hours, but that's another story for another day. So. Well, that's a little old school on you, but you get it. Like it's uh, case in point tomorrow when we go into New Jersey, uh, there is no morning skate. This is typical for teams. In specific to this market, now, of course, John Torella made a big news because he said he hates the morning skates on a game day. But, no, we, uh, you know, I pre-taped Chris at 9.15 in the morning and then hopped on the bus at 11.30 and was over at practice. I think we got to the arena by about 12.15, bumped into some some people that were there, uh, talked to them for a while until probably 1.15 at practice. The orders wrapped up around 2, did some interviews at 2.15, got back to the hotel probably about 3.45 to 4 o'clock. So I didn't have Holy a chance. Folks. Yeah, it was a, it, it was a long practice. And it wasn't, you know, the practice was probably 32, 33 minutes. Uh, lots of emphasis on getting a net front presence. So look, we'll get to some TV questions I have for you in a second and an yeah. observation I have. Uh, but first, uh, your assessment, uh you know, the Oilers won eight straight games, played pretty well, played pretty good in the ninth game, but lost to Tampa Bay, did not get the result they were looking for in any of the last three games. Uh, poor performance against Florida. I don't think they played bad last night, just a bad night in the special teams, but that's my thoughts. The floor is yours. Go, John. Yeah, no, I, I think the, the Tampa game and last night's game uh, were probably a little more similar than people want to hear about. Um, special teams, obviously, an issue uh, uh, for the Oilers last night. After another good start, uh, and that seems to be something that's uh, a little concerning. Have a good start and then lose, you know, lose that lead. Um, at the same time, um, you know, there's there are just points in the game, particularly the second period last night, where there's just a, a, a little bit of. Just a little bit of letdown, and then then the frustration shows through when they can't get to the front of the net against 
uh, Sorokin. And uh, let's face it, Sorokin was as, almost as good as uh, Vasilevsky was last Friday night at home. Well, none of the Oilers critics want to hear that. Uh, they want to fire everybody, as you know. I've already played a bit of that path. It's only three games. It's only three I know. games, Bob. I know. They did win eight in a row, but lots. And just a quick rip on Connor Brown appears he's going to come out of the lineup. Well, um, something has to happen. Something has to change. And the question has to be um, if you're. If you're at a zero tolerance situation for Connor, who's going to go in and who's going to maybe make a difference? The question becomes for me: I take Connor Brown out of the lineup, but who's going to fill his void on the penalty kill? Yeah, so that's uh, completely he, fair. And and you're playing with fire because New Jersey's number one in the league in the power play, and the Rangers are second, and that's the orders next to opponents. Yeah, and and uh, we, we do we do know that the Devils. Are, are a fast team. We do understand that, and and probably and hopefully that there's some speed that can be put into the lineup at this point that can uh, can help uh, from the forward position a little bit of uh, uh, faster. I I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I I have a bias. I I think we talked about this one day, or maybe it was with Reed. Uh, I really like Connor Bound. I've always appreciated the way he plays, the way he hustles. Um, I always thought he would be a great Edmonton Oiler. And right now, uh, through almost 30 games, it, it just has not worked out. And you, you got to hope for his sake that it will. you got to hope for the team's sake it will. But at the same time, you, you know, this is a, you know, this is a, a demanding market. This is a time when the team needs contributions from all 12 forwards. And if Connor Brown's not given up, then give somebody else who might be able to. Any explanation for why Edmonton's constantly a second-half team over the last four years? Case in point, 569 winning percentage in the first half of the last four seasons, 707 in the second half and there's a caveat it includes the fact that we didn't play because they don't have the same amount of games played the second half 11 fewer games for the games missed during the uh, pandemic year but 569 and 707 is significant john why why does it happen well um I, I used to think that it was was the youthfulness of this team. I used to think that, you know, it, it took a while for these guys to get serious about their craft and they could focus as 23, 24-year-olds and turn it around and then get on a heater and, and, the, and, and the rest is history. But that's not the case anymore. You know, these guys are now... Uh, you know, there a lot of them are fathers. A lot of them are more mature. Um, a lot of them aren't as emotionally uh, interwoven with each other as they once were now because they have families. So I, I don't really have an answer other than the that that some of the the big names, i.e. Connor and Leon, can hyper focus and get on a roll and be a difference. We're waiting for, we're, we've seen that with Connor already this year. We're waiting that for Leon to hyper-focus now and play a better style of game on a consistent level. And perhaps it will happen if Ryan Nugent Hopkins stays on that wing for now. But I don't, I don't know if there's, it, it, this is the human aspect of the game that a lot of people can't sit and put numbers beside. And the Oilers are in a precarious position if they can't get to the point of being emotionally involved on a, every game and therefore having that um, that momentum carry them through the second half of the season. John, I'm now going to put you on the spot. 
the NHL Network. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we, used, you know, I watched I watched a lot of uh, Brian Lawton and, and Kevin Weeks when they were on the NHL Network, and Kevin's done more ESPN stuff. He's still a main guy in the NHL Network. Lawton is, you know, in a he's different plate. He's, he's, he's in not, a different. He's not working there. He's not working there. And I, I got to tell you, um, I find the NHL Network to be hyper Northeast United States focused, heavily U.S. national development program focused. Just correct me if I'm wrong here in terms of the math. Do all 32 teams pay for the NHL Network? No. Explain how it works. Well, they, in fact, what happens is, is that uh, the Major League Baseball Network, uh, who who produce NHL Network, uh, pay the NHL the right to produce it. Okay, so, was there a time? What, happen, what happens? What happens? What happens at this point um, is that um, the Oilers and the seven Canadian teams that where the NHL Network does not exist anymore since the Rogers contract. Uh, actually make money off the NHL network. Great point by you too. Because now, did you start it off, or was that the Maple Leaf Network you started? I did the I, I did Leafs TV, and uh, when we started in uh, at the turn of the century, I like saying that. I always like saying the nineteenth century. century. Yeah, smartass. Um, so I, I did, and then uh, in uh, in late two thousand and eight, I took over the NHL network in the United States. Okay. For a, for a couple for a couple of years. Okay, and at that time, it was uh, we were in the TSN deal. We were not in yeah. right the we Rogers for both countries. So the NHL Network. When did Major League Baseball take it over? Uh, Major League Baseball took it over when um, uh, the Rogers deal kicked in, and they needed a, a production entity to produce it. And then they moved to, it coincided, not, not that anybody cares about this, it coincided with the moving of the major NBA's network to Atlanta. And so if there, there was useful space at, uh, in Secaucus, New Jersey, not far from where you are, um, to, in, in order to produce the, the content for NHL Network, which is strictly now a network seen in the United States. Right. Services so that it makes sense. States. Then it makes sense. Yeah. So it was there a time, Tony? It bothered you when Tony Luffman got excited about the U.S. Uh, World Junior Team tonight, too, did it? <laughs> no, I no. They they got a good team. They should win the tournament, from my understanding. I mean, I I mean, we just had Bryn Griffiths on, and you know, Bryn in the previous, he's going to the World Juniors, and you know, he's been all over this for. He says the U.S. got a hell of a team, so I, I, I would have to think the Americans are the favorite. Uh, so, was there a time in which they all the teams in the league helped contribute to the NHL Network before Major League Baseball Network took it over? Initially, but the startup, it, it, the uh, NHL Network has never lost money, Bob. <laughs> but there would have been a small stipend that in, uh, all of the teams would have paid into for startup. But yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah, great point. So it makes the league money. Everybody gets a little bit of a, 
an amount given for a rights yep. fee, and it's strictly yep. seen in the United States. And so, you know what? If it's, we know it's strictly. I just I notice that when we come down there and uh, come down here, because it's the first thing I try to watch, right? Because I want to watch games and highlights, and and it's also yep. hard as a Canadian to get the ES. I got to get the John Shannon special deal going so I can watch uh, games because I cannot watch games off my computer down here. I can watch the American League, but I can't watch the NHL because you, you got have a special deal with ESPN. I did get it when it, during the pandemic year when I was uh, quarantined in the hotel in Chicago. John, great stuff explaining that. Let me tell you. It was good. Oh, well, that's, well, here's the thing. The NHL Network, when you look at all four major sports in North America, have all gone into the content creation business. Yes. All have tried to do it to service their their markets a, a little bit better. MLB and NFL networks are spectacular. NBA is solid. NHL network still has uh, work to do, but it is done with uh, probably uh, a tenth of the budget of any of those other networks. Yeah. Great point by you. John, look forward to uh, touching base next week. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. Okay, Bob. Talk to you soon. You bet. It's 646 in Edmonton. We are going to head into your Oilers Now prospect report for Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace. Reface. And back at the 630 Ted Studios in Edmonton. I hope he's hustling in there as we speak. Brendan Escott. <laughs> yeah, I'm all over it because I think the goaltending situation is worth highlighting when you've got a young Olivier Rodrigue, a former uh, second round pick by this Oilers team, uh, pitching a nine- 935 save percentage for this Bakersfield Condors side that just isn't getting it from Jack Campbell. In 10 games, Campbell, excuse me for bumping my microphone there, Campbell's got an 888 save percentage. Just to contrast that, he's 4-6, and six, but Rodrigue, 2-2. Two and two. And so when you start looking at some of the numbers, you realize that this kid, any uh, situation with his dad as the goaltending coach, obviously they've got a good dynamic. Can, I, can I take it? Can I jump in here, Brad? Ryan Holt tweeting out um, that in his last 16 starts uh, with the Bakersfield Condors, he, he the numbers are last 17 appearances with Bakersfield dating back to last season. Olivier Rodrigue has a 9.32 save percentage. That's going back into halfway through last year when he came on because they had Pickard and they had Rodrigue. Rodrigue has taken a. I'm not trying to get everybody all pumped up on Olivier Rodrigue. I didn't think he was that. I couldn't believe when I saw the size of him, uh, Brendan, that the Oilers invested a late second-round pick on him. But those numbers are those numbers. Like, he's stopping the puck at the AHL level. He's already exceeded my expectations based on what I saw of him early in his uh, you know, developmental stages in the organization. All right, I cut you off. What else you got? No, that was simply where uh, where we can park it. And you're right. You look back to 29 games last year. He was 14-14-1 with a 9-12. Yeah, and, and totally came on in the second half. Reed Wilkins will do a crossover with us in about two minutes' time. Tell us about Inside Sports. You're listening to Oilers now. All right, I want to read this text in the Ashley Fine Floors text line. It comes to us from Heather in Edmonton. Bob, I enjoy your show. I've learned so much about hockey and really become an avid Oilers fan. I just wish Saturday games on Sportsnet and CBC had the usual non-CBC allocated commentators. They are so much uh, more dull. Um, uh, 
in terms of calling an exciting game. Comment about uh, the Chris Knobloch interview just now. Sound quality was poor and inconsistent and exasperated given the coach has a soft, overly muted voice and the background noise was awful. Sending this feedback for your sound and location people. Well, Heather, that's on me. I did the interview. Uh, we are at a new hotel. We did not have a separate room other than I guess we could have done it in our hotel rooms and that's a little uncomfortable. So we generally do it out in the lobby. Merry Christmas and here's to a better Oilers New Year. Thank you for uh, what your uh, show's team does. That comes to us from Heather and Edmonton again. That was uh, my uh, challenge uh, recording that off of a mini disc recorder. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you and we're going to bring in Reed Wilkins from Inside Sports very quickly. Reed at 6.53 in Edmonton. Uh, tell me your thoughts on Connor Brown uh, getting sat down for at least a game. First of all, I've also learned a lot from you, mostly every Alabama quarterback since 1937. I was surprised to see that Connor Brown is actually going to be scratched, continually demoted, sure, actually taken out. That was a surprise. Uh, that's a bit of a statement because it, it will hurt the penalty killing, even though the penalty killing had a tough night last night. But uh, maybe that's how Knobloch thinks he's not just going to wake up Connor Brown, but maybe jolt the, the group as a whole. All right. Quick three uh, quiz for Reed Wilkins. Yes. I'm going to reverse it on you. Yes. We're going to go Alabama quarterbacks, Hall of Fame Green Bay Packers quarterback that played at Alabama. Uh, star? You're one for one. Uh, legendary New York Jets quarterback made the guarantee, played at Alabama. Well, that's easy. That's Namath. Okay. Uh, larger than life personality on a team that were the renegade organization of the NFL did win a Super Bowl as starting quarterback in the mid-70s from Alabama. Stabler. Three for three. Nicely done. Thank you, Bob. What do you got coming up? Uh, well, Luke Gazdick is going to be on, and he will have uh, plenty of re of his own reaction to Connor Brown being scratched and uh, Oilers goaltending and Oilers getting two of the three the last three games, a lot of shots on goal and a lot of chances, but no victories, and uh, we'll have some uh, time for audience participation if anybody chooses as well. All right, nicely done, Reid. Look forward to uh, being on... Uh yeah, the uh, pregame show with you uh, tomorrow. Let's go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join an exclusive 14-day trip to Newfoundland in June and see the Iceberg Festival. Reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. We will tell you, New West Travel will announce. We've sold out our Nashville roadie in the fall, our Montreal road trip in January, and we have a trip coming up for you in the final two months of the regular season that we'll be announcing shortly. Uh, Brendan Escott back in the 630 Chad Studios. This day in Oilers history, what do you got? Well, I believe there was also some sort of punch-up in the mid-80s with Los Angeles on this day. But I went in 1996 with a matchup between the Oilers and the Devils when Scott Stevens scored his first goal of the year in the third period, give the Devils a 3-2 win over the Oilers, hopefully not foreshadowing tomorrow's matchup. So that was the 96-97 season. And uh, the Flyers played the Detroit Red Wings that year. I know that the Flyers beat the Rangers. I'm trying to think of what happened to the Devils during the course of that season. Full preview of the Oilers and Devils tomorrow. We'll have Ron McLean from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Century Casino. 
And for GCL Diesel, Louis DeBrus, those will be our two guests. Uh, Brendan and myself will be bringing you Oilers now tomorrow. Again, Zach Ferguson has a global news weather traffic update, followed by Reed Wilkins with Inside Sports. So long, everybody from New York City.